first question to you. Sure. Here's the Alabama-Florida game. What's your thoughts on the game? Well, I, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's a bigger game today than I thought it would have been six months ago. Some of that is uh, Alabama not playing as well as I thought they would, and Florida, I don't really know what to make out of Florida. Um, I was under underwhelmed by what they did last weekend, but I think no matter what is going on today, I mean, these are the two premier programs in the SEC, so it's hard not to go woo. It's a pretty big game. and. Uh, but, I mean, if you're asking me who I think is going to win, I don't, I don't think I've picked against Alabama in about six years, so uh, it's not going to start today. So what do you think about what happened last night? Um, you know, I, I don't think it was that surprising. I mean, I think uh, everyone knew the environment would be difficult. I think you kept kind of torn between, which, did you think Auburn was just going to roll? or No, I mean, I'm, I'm no great prognosticator. I thought it would be a close game. I mean, which means for those who aren't paying close attention under the spread, which it was, barely. Um, I was a little disappointed in the way Auburn played, though. I, just, I mean, defensively, they looked really good. Offensively, they just didn't seem to quite click on all cylinders. Kansas State actually stopped him pretty well, actually, I'd say. But, you know, you need a kicker. <laughs> I was a little surprised with uh, – I guess I was impressed with that the play that basically won the game for Auburn. Yeah. That was a little – Yeah, I mean, not, not to, you know – beat up on poor Cade Foster, but it looked like uh, he was kicking for Kansas State. Yes. <laughs> Auburn must have some kind of voodoo. Yeah, no, I, 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 we're talking to, to Malzahn tomorrow, and that's one of my questions, because, uh, I mean, if, if the guy had kicked, you know, two easy field goals, I think they may have won the game. I mean, that's how close it really was, so, yeah. although... Well, and even you figure the interception at the goal line, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot I didn't of, think Kansas State chances. really played like a home team. I mean, they just seemed... Well, I guess let's focus on you for a moment, you know, this is, I mean, a year ago you may not have been like the same kind of, you know, pseudo-celebrity, if you will, or maybe even real celebrity, you know, now you're kind of, you're a big thing, I guess, you know, before you were a big thing, but now how's the, how are you acclimating to the new fame, I guess, if you will? Well, you know, I think, I, I always kind of reflect back on, on last year, the year before me, two years ago today, I'm getting ready for a show at WJOX. Uh, and happy to be doing it, by the way. I mean, it was a great job, and uh, I frankly uh, didn't think you know, things would change dramatically. Uh, I've been doing it a long time. My contract was up, but so I knew there would be some change. Um, so I guess as the as 2012 season ended, uh, knowing the clock was was ticking, um, I began entertaining ideas. And uh, probably the most logical uh, spot was for me leaving Birmingham, interestingly, and going to New York to work for Sirius. Uh, they, were, they were making a really uh, a hard run at me, and uh, all of a sudden this SEC network started percolating and uh, ESPN, and at the end of the season I went up to uh, Bristol, Connecticut, never been there before, and the ESPN train started, and here it is. I mean, it's been pretty amazing. The rest I mean, is history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year uh, I commuted all year between uh, Birmingham and, and Charlotte and, uh, you know, did game day every week. And uh, one thing I said when we started our show uh, on ESPN Radio, I said, you know, we've got to broaden the show. Uh, we can't every day be about Auburn, Alabama. And last year, pretty much every day was about Auburn, Alabama. You had Alabama number one in the country and Auburn beats them, and then Auburn goes to the national championship. So 
Uh, I may have moved uh, from, from Birmingham, but I still haven't gotten away from what got me here. I'll say this, and, and I've, uh, you know, I'm not in Alabama much, uh, but obviously I've talked to a lot of people, and even being here since 1 o'clock in the morning last night or, or this morning, I'm not feeling the same vibe I did last year when I was in Alabama every weekend. I mean, Alabama last year, I mean, it was a, a fait accompli that they were going to win the national championship. This year, it's like, ooh, I don't know. This, you know could, I mean, it's like the Auburn game has shattered uh, some of the invincibility a little bit. I wanted to ask you uh, a question, I guess, more related to your career and how you got to where you're at. I've, I've asked some people uh, who are avid listeners of their show, uh, this question before. Do you ever think uh, think that um, the whole Harvey Updike incident maybe in a sense kind of helped catapult you to where you're at with uh, the, you know the national media attention that that got and then obviously the Roll Tide War Eagle documentary that was a kind of a big thing in that and you were you were in that and I guess kind of got some face time for you. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know when, when I die uh, the obit will read uh, Paul Feinbaum, comma, the newspaper turn talk show host who took the most famous call in radio history. And that call in 2011, you know, put me on a, on a national level that I had not been before and would never be being in Birmingham. It, it brought on the movie, the documentary, which then brought on other things. Which I mean, which is all interconnected. Uh, Joe Tessitore, who's with me on this mm -hmm. show, he was the uh, the co-producer of Roll Tide War Eagle. He was driving one day uh, in Connecticut, and he heard the call. He called Bruce Feldman in California, and he said, "Did you?" He said, I'm, "I just heard it." They both heard it simultaneously. Um, they started thinking about this documentary. They started thinking, you know, what if we did something on the craziness of Alabama-Auburn? And while they were putting it together, the tornado happened. And they saw the bookend because of the role our show played on that as well. So then they, uh, they came to me about three or four weeks later. Uh, I knew Bruce. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know who Joe was. And they, they came to our studio and they never really said what they wanted. They hung out for four hours and then we went out to dinner and they said, we want to uh, do a documentary. I said, well, great, uh, but we want to use you as the, as the voice. And Joe told me, he said, it's going to change your life. And I really didn't believe him, um, but it did uh, because other things came from that, uh, including a big piece on me in the New Yorker magazine, which was the, you know, one thing led to the other, led to the other, and that one led to this. So yeah, uh, so Harvey Updike, I thank you wherever you are. <laughs> you are still a blithering idiot uh, for admitting a felony on a radio show, but I, um, my life has changed dramatically as a result. Uh, speaking of crazy callers and stuff. I would agree with that for sure. I guess since we're on the topic of football, I'm curious to know what your kind of playoff four would be. How much do you think uh, do you think Clemson stands a shot at all this weekend, maybe with Winston out? Yeah, time? I do. I, I think Winston uh, has done a good job of uh, disrupting the, the, the cadence of that team. And uh, I've heard your thoughts on the show. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really like being as critical of, of young people. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've done it a few times. I, I swore last year I would never do it again. 
keeps giving I you did a it, I did now. it again. I think Jameis Winston, I mean, I'm not going to, let, let's say theoretically that Blake Sims gets in trouble. I'm not going to go off on him. I mean, nobody really knows him outside of this. Uh, Jameis Winston is a national celebrity. He won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he's apologized ten times for things that he... I don't think he deserves any, any slack. Uh, and, and I'm continually amazed at what Florida State's done. And by the way, what the media's done to enable him. I mean, I went off on this rant the other day. And, you know, I mean, Mike Golick went out and said, oh, yeah, you, I, mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. All these, because I think all these people are just a little too close. I view, I view sports uh, through the prism of fandom. Um, the average fan knows the guy's a creep. Uh, they're not you know, making excuses for him, but the people in the industry want to continue to make excuses. I'm on game day tomorrow before our show talking about Winston, and uh, I, I enjoyed being on game day, but I'm really glad I'm here tomorrow because uh, if I said what I'm going to say right here that will be on game day, if I said that where they are in Tallahassee, I might be killed. <laughs> just, just a question in general. Um, I mean, you always you, you kind of made your your fame off of you know, saying really controversial stuff, stuff like that. Do do you ever kind of keep that in the back of your head? You know, when you're doing your show, do you like? Do you sometimes think, oh, I, I'm you know this just popped in my head. I'm going to say it because I know it's going to get people riled up. Not anymore. I mean, I used to, I mean, listen, I mean, there's no doubt I, I used to just try to get people stirred up. I was a newspaper writer, then that was the only way to get people's attention. Radio's a little different, and television is much different. Um, like the other day, I mean, probably the most controversial thing I've said all season was about Jameis the other day. You know, it ended up getting on SportsCenter and played all night long, and I didn't really give it much thought. Uh, the show started. I did not have a, any notes. Uh, I just started talking, and that's the most natural way. Last year on game day, I would the first couple of weeks I would write stuff out and prepare. And I, I got on camera once and started. I looked down at my notes, and, and sometimes I mean, think about this. You guys are all in the industry. Uh, I looked down, and I mean, for a moment I started thinking what I'm about to say is really important. I was, it was actually, believe it or not, about Lane Kiffin. He was at Southern Cal, and. Uh, I mean, that mo I did something you're not supposed to think about. There were 25,000 people around me in Athens. Just think about that. And there are 2 million people watching. And instead of trusting myself, I looked down and I never really looked back up. I just started reading it. It turned out to be really well written. I called Lane Kiffin. I, I said Lane Kiffin is the Miley Cyrus of college football. And he ought to, <laughs> oh, yeah, and he ought to be fired. I guess he was fired that night. Yeah. Um, and I was blamed for it. But. Uh, <laughs> But I also learned, they told me, they, they told me television is supposed to be natural, not supposed to be about me reading. So that day, this week, I just started, I mean, I, you, you give me a topic, I can talk about it, I and mean, that's what I do for a living. Um, yeah, it helps to know what you're talking about, it helps to have thought about it a little bit. I mean, I've got two hits tomorrow on, on that show, and I haven't written it out, but I, I have a pretty good idea what I want to say. Uh, and I think it's just more natural than when you look like it's a prepared statement. But that wasn't really your question. Yeah, you know when you're. <laughs> uh, you, you do know when you're about to say something. Uh, I, I have said, I have said things before that I didn't intend to say. So you know, you are a little more careful as, as you go up the ladder. But sometimes you you still can't help it. I had one more. 
just uh, just for us in general and all of our people that are young, aspiring people wanting to get to some more rock you're at, what kind of advice? But, you know, maybe you in 30 less years. Or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I give a lot of really generic advice for people, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I, uh, you know, sounds like you could get this in some manual, but I really believe in it. You know, it kind of starts with, uh, like, do anything you can to get experience, because you don't know what you might end up doing that sounds petty, like covering a high school game or covering a volleyball game or covering whatever else. Secondly, you don't know who you're going to meet. And the third thing, and I just, just you know, I really stress this, is, is follow up with those people. I mean, you, you meet somebody from ESPN, you meet somebody with the local TV station, stay in touch with them because at some point you're, you're going to need people to advance. And don't expect them to remember who you are, but if, you know, I mean, I, sometimes it's a little overwhelming, but if, I mean, if you meet somebody, uh, if you want to be in TV, you meet somebody with a local TV station, and then you write them and thank them, and then they get a job in Birmingham, or they get a job in Atlanta, or ES, they're going to know you, and you're going to go to the front of the line. You can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have a relationship, you're, you're not, jobs are too hard to come by. So don't ever think, I mean, it, it's minor, but, Stay with people. Uh, don't don't forget. You may. I mean, it sounds a little bit over the top that you don't know who's going to help you, but you're, you're better off being too much with somebody and saying, "Hey, you know, I, I'll do this, I'll do that," than just acting, just blowing them off like they don't they don't matter. So uh, that that will get you a job a lot sooner than you know having a 4.0 average.